We've just published the book, The Adventures of Lola Badiola. It's the perfect complement for this podcast. It includes complete transcripts, explanations, and quizzes. So buy it now on Amazon. Hello and welcome back to The Adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last episode, Park decided not to say anything to the authorities about Kim's plan to defect. So he is now an accomplice to a crime against the state. In this episode, we are going to find out what happens next to both Park and Kim. So here we go. The Adventures of Lola Badiola, Chapter 30 The Game Over the following two weeks, Park watched the slow but perceptible deterioration of his colleague and best friend, Kim Dae-won. Kim's personal hygiene gradually disappeared. His hair became greasy and uncombed, and he started to lose weight. He didn't speak to anyone apart from answering Kang's repetitive questions. Some nights he slept in his chair at the ministry. Other nights he wandered alone around the grounds of the complex. He could no longer be counted on as a colleague or a friend. It was a thoroughly convincing performance, and if Park didn't know any better, he could easily believe that Kim had fallen into a state of deep depression. Other people started to notice the change. One morning, Kang arrived at Kim's desk and went through the usual routine. Then he leaned forward and looked closely at Kim. An expression of disgust appeared on his face. What's wrong with you? he asked. You smell like an American. Kim shrugged his shoulders and continued staring at his computer screen. I want you to have a health check tomorrow at 9am. Park tried to distance himself from the behaviour of his friend. He let his mind wander to more pleasant thoughts. He had set up another meeting with the girl with the almond eyes. He hoped the chaperone would leave them alone for a few minutes. He didn't want this trial period to drag on any longer. He wanted to hold her hand, caress her hair, and kiss her rosebud lips. He started to feel aroused by the anticipation of the meeting. Impure thoughts now entered his mind. He imagined the two of them in his apartment. He was standing behind her, removing the coat from her shoulders, unbuttoning the back of her polyester dress, unclipping her bra and lifting its straps over her shoulders. He imagined gently turning her body to face his own, looking into her eyes, moving forward to kiss her. But something was wrong. They weren't the beautiful almond eyes he knew so well, They were the eyes of another person. They were the eyes of Kim Jong-un, president of North Korea. Park suddenly realized that he was embracing the chubby, half-naked body of the supreme leader. He screamed and was instantly transported back to his desk in the Ministry of Information. A couple of his colleagues were looking at him inquisitively. It took him a moment to compose himself. He told himself to put the girl with the almond eyes out of his mind to focus 100% on his work and career, to fulfil his duty to the fatherland. He opened the file of active targets and continued to research three interrelated companies, Tegspania, SMZ and Banco Cantabrico. He went online and googled Tegspania to catch up with the latest news about the company. 
there was some stock price information, details of recent investments in South America, and some mergers and acquisitions speculation. Park was about to move on to the next company when something caught his attention. It was the picture of a strikingly beautiful Western woman on the front page of a publication called Cyber Story magazine. The headline of the article was Lola Badiola, Cyber Security Saint or Sinner. Park clicked on the link and read the article three times. He reviewed the story of Lola's life, how she got the job at Texpania, how she succeeded as a manager in the cybersecurity department, and how she was eventually fired by the company for her involvement in a series of hacking incidents. He sat back in his chair and brooded. Why was Lola Badiola getting the credit for his work? Did the world really believe that Park J. Bong needed inside assistance to hack into Texpania? It was an insult. Park went on to the J-Block website and studied Lola's profile. She wasn't a hacker. She wasn't even a programmer. She was just a commercial director. It didn't make any sense. He looked through all the pages of the company website and concluded that JBlock was just another cybersecurity startup that would either go bankrupt or be acquired by one of the bigger players. Like so many other startups, the founders would lose control and the employees would be laid off with no notice period or severance pay. It seemed a very cruel system, but this was the Western way. He scrolled down to the very bottom of the landing page and something caught his eye. It was the company address. J-Block, 4th floor, La Adriatica building, 121 Gran Via, Madrid, Spain. AHA, CK, USA. He wondered what the bottom line of the address meant. AHA, CK, USA. It could have been a postcode but he knew that in Spain there was a system of numbers rather than letters. He looked closely and noticed that the middle figures were a quarter of a font size smaller than the others. It was almost imperceptible to the naked eye, but Park was trained to recognize these types of patterns. A H A C K U S A There was a clear and intended message hidden within the letters, and the message was Hack us. Park moved the cursor over the words and double-clicked his mouse. His computer screen went completely blank. Low-resolution graphics appeared and electronic music started playing. It looked and sounded just like an arcade video game from the 1980s. The following words popped up on his screen. Welcome. You are player 231. Your challenge is to hack our system. You must breach 10 levels of protection. Each level is protected by increasingly sophisticated software. If you reach level 5, you will be invited to join us as an intern. If you reach level 6, you will automatically be offered a job with no trial period. If you reach level 7, you will automatically be offered a job with a $20,000 sign-on bonus. Are you ready to play? Park was intrigued. He had never seen anything like this before. It was a smart way of recruiting cybersecurity specialists. It was also a great way of testing proprietary software. If he played the game, 
J. Block would track every move that he made. They would observe how he circumvented their systems. They would use him to perfect their product. Under normal circumstances, Park would discuss this discovery with Kim, but his best friend and colleague was just a shadow of his former self. So, Park decided to act alone. His ego couldn't resist the challenge. He would show this startup just how easy it was to hack their systems. He would make the world aware that Park Jabong didn't need any inside assistance with his work. He hit the return button and started to play. So this has been a very significant episode. Because for the first time, our two separate worlds, the world of Lola in Madrid and the world of Park in North Korea, have overlapped. These worlds are starting to collide. It's also a significant episode because it's full of phrasal verbs, a lot of business vocabulary, and some common expressions. So let's start off with these three phrasal verbs. Here's the first one. He had set up another meeting with the girl with the almond eyes. He hoped the chaperone would leave them alone for a few minutes. He didn't want this trial period to drag on any longer. To drag on. This means to continue a process for a longer period than you had hoped or expected. It implies that time is being wasted and probably the people around you are starting to get bored. How often do your meetings at work drag on? Have you ever watched a film that drags on for too long? In Park's case, he doesn't want the trial period of his relationship with the girl with the almond eyes to drag on any longer. And I don't blame him. It must be very frustrating. Okay, here's the second phrasal verb. He went online and googled Techspania to catch up with the latest news about the company. To catch up, or to catch up with. This has a couple of meanings. In a literal and more physical sense, it means that you have accelerated your progress in order to reach the same level as someone else. So, for example, I will run faster in order to catch up with the leader of the race. Now, in a business context, this phrasal verb is, is used in a slightly different way. It has a different meaning. So when you catch up with someone, it means you talk to them, you communicate with them to find out what has happened in their lives since you last talked together. It's something we do a lot with our colleagues, with our clients. If we've been away on holiday, we need to catch up with all the communications, with all the emails. We need to catch up with our key clients and find out what's been happening with them over the last few weeks. Is there someone you haven't spoken to for a long time? Is there someone you need to catch up with? Okay, here's the third and final phrasal verb of the day. Once again, it's a very important phrasal verb in business English and beyond. So listen carefully. The following words popped up on his screen. Welcome. You are player 231. To pop up. Well, this means to appear 
suddenly or unexpectedly. You've probably heard of a pop-up menu. Well, that's simply a menu that suddenly appears on your screen, sometimes unexpectedly and often very annoyingly. You can also talk about people popping up. In other words, appearing suddenly and unexpectedly. Now, where I live in Santo Domingo, just in the north of Madrid, there's a retired man called John. If I go to the local sports centre and play paddle, John is there with his friends playing paddle. If I'm in the supermarket buying some groceries, John is there too. If I go for a beer with my friends, John is there because John pops up everywhere. In fact, we have given him a nickname, Omnipresent John because he just seems to pop up everywhere. And I have a great deal of admiration for him because he's so active. And I can only hope that I'm as active and sociable as him when I'm his age. Now, do you have a friend or an acquaintance like John? Someone who seems to pop up everywhere. Okay, let's spend a bit of time on some specific business vocabulary. Let's make sure that you understand these very important terms and you know how to apply them in the correct way. So here's the first one. He looked through all the pages of the company website and concluded that JBlock was just another cybersecurity startup that would either go bankrupt or be acquired by one of the bigger players. Bankrupt is an adjective. Bankruptcy is the noun. Now, be careful how you pronounce these two words. Bankrupt, with a T at the end. And bankruptcy, where you drop the T at the end. Now, I'm sure that you've heard both of these terms and you know what they mean. Every business owner, including myself, we live in fear of this outcome. And in the loosest sense, it means you have no more money. But in a specific business sense, it means that your company is unable to pay its debts or is unable to pay the interest on its debts. At which point it declares bankruptcy. And what happens is a third party, maybe it's an accounting firm or a law firm, They will be instructed by the creditors, the people who are owed money, to take over the company and do whatever is necessary to pay back the debts. Now, this may involve closing the company and selling all the assets. Or it may involve continuing to run the company with the specific objective of reducing the debt burden and paying the creditors back. Do you know what Europe's biggest ever bankruptcy is? I'll give you a clue. It was an Italian company. They were in the dairy and food industry. And they went bankrupt in 2003 with total debts of more than 14 billion euros. 
the name of the company begins with P. It is Parmalat. Do you remember that company? You might have seen Parmalat products in your local supermarket 20 years ago. So what happened was, for 13 years, the company had been hiding losses. And nobody, the investors, the auditors, the financial journalists, realized that this was happening. It was the biggest and most damaging fraud in European corporate history. Parmalat. Okay, here are two more interesting concepts. Listen carefully. Like so many other startups, the founders would lose control and the employees would be laid off with no notice period or severance pay. Notice period and severance pay. So these are two important elements that are written into any employment contract. So let's say a company is going to end your employment. The company's losing money, it needs to reduce the workforce, and unfortunately you and some of your colleagues are going to lose your jobs. This is where the notice period and severance pay become very important. The notice period is the time between the moment you receive the letter of dismissal and you are officially asked to leave the company and the end of your last working day. So let's say you have a three-month notice period. Then the company will inform you of the termination of your employment, but you continue to work there and be paid for the following three months. Now, in practice, most companies won't expect their employees to come into the office during the notice period. They will simply pay the three months of salary and the employee will probably be at home looking for a new job. It's also important to remember that the term notice period also refers to the period between the moment you resign from a company and your last working day in that company. And that can also be three months. So if you resign from a company, the company has three more months of your labor and during that time they can find somebody to come in and replace you. So the notice period works both ways to protect the company and also to protect the employee. The second key term is severance pay. Now severance pay or a severance package is normally a mixture of things. It can involve a lump sum payment of cash and normally the amount of cash that you receive depends on your years of service. So the longer that you've been working for a company, the larger the amount of cash you get paid when they terminate your contract. It also involves unused vacation pay and also probably you will receive any stock options if you've been offered them. That's severance pay. Now, the government normally sets a minimum requirement for notice period and severance pay. But then it's up to the company and the employees to negotiate their specific terms. Now, if notice period and severance pay are very low, 
for example, as they are in the United States, then the employee is very vulnerable. The employee has very little protection. They can be fired very easily. It's not going to cost the company very much money to dismiss them. If, on the other hand, the notice period and severance pay are particularly high, then the company is vulnerable. It's very difficult, very expensive to reduce the workforce, particularly when the company is going through a difficult period and it needs to reduce its headcount in order to survive. So there is a happy medium. There is the right level of notice period and severance pay that is fair and practical for the employee and fair and practical for the employer. What that right level is, is open to discussion. And your point of view will probably depend on whether you're a worker or an owner of a business, whether you're more left-wing in your political outlook or more right-wing. It's a very interesting discussion, but not one that we're going to have now because we are going to quickly move on to three more interesting business terms. Here we go. Here's the first one. If you reach level five, you will be invited to join us as an intern. Okay, so an intern is simply a student or a trainee who works for a company, sometimes without pay, in order to gain working experience. And this internship could last a couple of weeks or it could last a whole year. And the question of how much should you pay your intern, well, that's an interesting topic for discussion. In some companies and in some countries, the expectation is to not pay the intern anything because you are taking time to train them, to pass on your knowledge to them, and that's the benefit they get from the internship. In other companies and in other countries, the company does pay the intern because they treat them like a young employee who is there to work, who is there to learn, but also to help the company produce what it needs to. That's an intern. Do you have any interns working in your company? Do you pay them? Okay, let's move on to the next interesting business term. Here it is. If you reach level six, you will automatically be offered a job with no trial period. Okay, trial period. This is a short-term period of time that employers use to test job candidates to find out if they're suitable, if they're appropriate, before offering them a full-time job. And typically, a job trial period lasts between 60 to 90 days. So it's a good opportunity for the employee to learn about the company, to make sure that the company is the right fit for them. And of course, it's a very good opportunity from, for the employer to have a good look at what the employee is capable of, what their attitude is over this period before committing to them, before offering them that full-time position. Have you ever worked 
a trial period before being offered a job? What's the policy of your company? Do you have trial periods? Sometimes it's called a probation. And that just reduces the risk for both parties because you get to have a look at each other, the employee at the employer and vice versa. Okay, let's move on to our third and final key business term. Have a listen to this sentence again. If you reach level seven, you will automatically be offered a job with a $20,000 sign-on bonus. A sign-on bonus. This is a beautiful thing. It's a cash payment, or it could be stock or stock options, that you receive even before you start working for a company, before you set foot in the office, before you actually start producing for the company. Now, why would a company do that? Why would a company pay a sign-on bonus? Well, if your skills are in high demand and there are a lot of companies that are competing for you and your, your human capital, then it's possible that some of those companies will be trying to entice you to join them with a sign-on bonus. It means that you are in hot demand. Okay, finally, let's cover one simple common expression. Have a listen to this sentence again. Under normal circumstances, Park would discuss this discovery with Kim, but his best friend and colleague was just a shadow of his former self. Someone who has become a shadow of their former self is someone who is dramatically less healthy than they used to be or less confident than they used to be, than what you're accustomed to. And this is normally following some kind of negative circumstances. Something bad has happened in their life. Some kind of traumatic event has caused this drop in confidence, has caused them to be a shadow of their former self. So your friend might be a shadow of their former self because they've lost their job because they've got divorced, or because their company has gone bankrupt. And I guess you, as a friend, have to step in and help them, help them regain that health and confidence, which you know is in there. You know that's part of their character. Okay, on that note, we come to the end of today's class. If you'd like to receive business English classes in a more formal manner, please join me and Marina for live and interactive classes. Just search Club Grattan on Google and you will find us. We hope that you can join us for the next episode, which will be published at the same time and in the same place as always. Until then, keep bringing English into your life. And if you're ever in my neighborhood in Santo Domingo, in the north of Madrid, I am sure that you will meet omnipresent John because he pops up everywhere.